I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to... Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. You listeners are about to hear the second edition of our brand new Challenger-themed Monday shows here on the Great Shot Podcast. Of course, our new Crack Rackets contributor, Damian Kust, the host of these episodes as he is joined by his friend, Jakob Babro, to break down the past week of action on the ATP Challenger Tour. Of course, this past week saw the continued rise of young American Jensen Brooksby, the 20-year-old, winning his second challenger title in as many weeks in Florida. The prior week, it was Orlando on hard courts. This week, he earns his title on the green clay of Tallahassee, of course. In today's podcast, you're also going to hear a conversation about Hugo Gaston. You're going to hear about Alex Mokan, Lucas Klein, and the many other talented players currently working their way through the challenger circuit. Of course, the reason we are able to host these podcasts day in, day out here on the Great Shot Podcast is because of the support we get from all of you listeners, from our Crack Rackets Patreon family, and of course, from our friends at Turna Tennis. You guys know the deal. Turna, the only grip that gets tackier when you sweat. It's performance in hot and humid conditions, unmatched. And did you know that iconic blue color is also trademark as well? Yes, that's right. That iconic blue you see on the bottom of the rackets of Hundreds of touring pros can be yours today. If you would like to join the Turner family, just contact sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707 to get college pricing or free samples. Let them know the Crack Racket sent you, and they will treat you like their family again to become part of the Turna team, email sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707. With that in mind, let's get to today's edition of the Great Shot Podcast. Damian Kust and Jakob Babro talking all things ATP Challenger Tour. Hey, Cracked fans. As winter slowly turns into spring and all of us look forward to getting back on the outdoor tennis courts, we here at Crack Rackets want to ensure that you listeners have everything you need to make sure your return to outdoor tennis is a successful one. That's where our friends at Gamma Sports come in. Now, if you need new strings, new grips, new court equipment, ball hoppers, machine tools, and accessories, whatever it may be, our friends at Gamma have it all for you. They've also, of course, got dampeners, over grips, replacement grips, they've got it all. And if you go to their website, gammasports.com slash tennis right now, you use our promo code CRACK20, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, I know Gamma has a new string pattern in the queue called the React Pro, which all of you Gamma string users will enjoy. And even if you're not using Gamma strings, maybe now's the time to start, but they've also got polyesters, everything you could be looking for from a tennis equipment standpoint, all in one location. Just go to gammasports.com 
twitch.tv slash tennis right now. Use that promo code CRACK20 to get 20% off your order. Again, gammasports.com slash tennis. Use that promo code CRACK20 to get 20% off your order. Welcome to the next episode of the of the Challenger Tour podcast. Uh, I'm again. I have my my friend Jakub with me. He's gonna be a mainstay on the on, on the pod from now on because he did so well last time, as you as you also mentioned in your in your comments. And we actually have a couple of listener questions, and one is specifically for him. So maybe that's how he's gonna say hello today. Uh, so Jakub, uh, when comes to your your compatriots Alex Moltzan and Lucas Klein who sorry if I botched up the the, the, the pronunciation uh who will have a better career out of them they're they're in so a, a similar that, that ranking a, spot and you know that, that's, that, that's a very interesting question um currently they are the two in Slovak tennis that everybody's sort of looking for as our current generation that's been quite successful of, you know, Klijan, Latsko, and even like challenger guys like Gombos and, and Andre Martin is sort of coming to a close. They're all around 30 now. Uh, so we're looking to Molchan and Klein, um, who are, I think, both 23. Um, they're, they're born in different years, but I think their birthdays are pretty close together, I think. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting question. Molchan was, I think, more sort of well-known as a junior, even though they finished with, with around similar career uh, high rankings in juniors, but Molchan was a better known junior, um, pa- partially because he reached uh, a double slam final with your compatriot, Hubert Turkaj, who, I mean, I think that we can kind of see now who was carrying who in that double team. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I personally would say that Lukasz Klein is actually the player with more potential, um, just watching his game. Uh, it's very, it, it seems almost like David Ferrer inspired <laughs> his game sometimes. Um, he, he obviously has a lot of stuff to, to work on, especially trying to like play against players that are not as good as him. They're both trying to sort of break through onto the main challenger circuit. They're they're sort of stuck in the qualities right now. Uh, although I think both won their match their matches in the Ostrava qualities, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, both won today. Um yeah, Molchan uh, is a lefty. He's a bit more undersized, which is a bit of a disadvantage for him. Um uh, he is seen sort of as the more like talented of the players just on pure talent. Uh, but I feel like Klein will be the one who goes further in those careers. Yeah, uh, it was a question for you, but uh, I will chip in uh, too and <laughs> say I would also go for Klein for now. I think he's established himself as a challenger contender on both hard, maybe not hard, but he, he's he's had some great results indoors too. So that's kind of the factor that that makes me think that maybe maybe his career is going to turn out more interesting. Mm-hmm. But uh, both have been doing extremely well this year. Uh, both made semis at standard level, right? Uh, Molzan in uh, Gran Canaria, was it? And Klein yeah. uh, Zadar recently. Uh, so yeah, definitely something to look forward to. In they they also tennis. managed to win a, a doubles title together this year, ah, yes. I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, the guy who asked the question, uh, almost as always, uh, Jan, uh, we obviously are very thankful again. Uh, he also mentioned their, their, their doubles, uh, that they're a great team. He, he's very into doubles, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember uh, in Bratislava, the, the one in the summer, 
that was mm-hmm. back in uh, 2019. Uh, they played uh, doubles together. It was a it was a huge hit there. Um, I believe that Gombosh won that tournament, but yeah, uh, Klein and Mulchen were very, very well liked at that tournament. And I hope, I mean, it's looking good. Hopefully we can have some fans in that tournament this year as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the second question we got was, is Jerzy Janowicz planning a comeback? And as, as we talked about, uh, I mean, the, the, there's really very little media attention, which su- surprises me. But mm-hmm. I guess that's because we've recently had the two of the biggest successes successes in Polish tennis ever, Hurkacz, and, uh, Hurkacz winning Miami, Świątek winning Roland Garros. So I imagine people simply aren't looking uh, so so desperately looking for for anything in tennis in Polish tennis. So I guess that's why Janowicz is kind of forgotten. But I actually uh, found an interview. Uh, from two months ago, not with Janowicz, but with um, Mariusz Fürstenberg, the former doubles great and uh, currently the the Davis Cup captain uh, for for our country. And he mentioned that he lives very close to Janowicz and that he actually was injured in February, in January or February, and that 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 was I think twenty fifth of February that he said that he was starting to move again i'm not sure what move means if he's if he's training again or, or not actually by now he's probably training again so he intends to come back but the you know the, there is no eta yet uh we can't say we when when that will happen uh i'm i'm really looking forward to that because you know that 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 short stint he had in 2020 i mean it was it was really short-lived but the the final run in paul was just it was absolutely ridiculous that that this guy wasn't playing for two and a half months and uh, two and a half years and then came back playing at such a great level and mm-hmm. i totally expected him to be back in like i don't know top 200 top 250 by the end of the season maybe like that 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 was really an achievable goal and he hasn't played now since since March 2020. That was uh, actually Davis Cup uh, match between Poland and Hong Kong. So hopefully we still get like you know, two or three years of Janowicz. I think he's he recently uh, finished thirty. I think yeah, he turned thirty in 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 last year. I think so. So there there's a few more years if if health. Of, if he's finally healthy because he's had such an awful list of injuries in his career. Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be very exciting to have him back for the European indoor season at the end of the season. <laughs> at the end of the season. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a very exciting player to watch, especially on those indoor services. Um, so yeah, ha- having him back for then, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see what the, what the timeline looks like if we ever get any more updates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we, we talked about starting in Salinas this week because there's a bit of a weird situation for the first time in you know since since I've started doing this uh, at the end of uh, at the beginning of the year the, there's actually no final to talk about there's no there's no semifinals even because the because of government restrictions in Ecuador uh, the Salinas event will be completed on Monday. Which means we have four semifinalists, and who of these four semifinalists have you know has impressed you the most? Uh, for me, it definitely has to be Nicolas Mejia. 
uh, who I, th I think I mentioned him as a potential interesting qualifier last week, so I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> congrats, um, congrats. Yeah, I, I, I watched the ending of his match against Barrios Vera, which was just a, a wild, wild match, um, where basically uh, Mejia is down 5-6, he, he's serving, uh, it's 15-0, and Barrios Vera just gets the worst cramp. He, he's, like, he, he doesn't go to the ground, but he is in a lot of pain. He's trying to walk it off. He's taking forever. Uh, he wasn't given a, a time violation, but yeah, he, he was taking forever to, <laughs> to come up to return. And then he just hits the return twice in a row, like down the line, wins the point that gets two match points. Um, and Mejia comes back from that and, and ends up uh, winning it in, a, in the tie break 7-3, which uh, Mejia, I'm not really sure how he ever wins games outside of clay. His game is just so spin heavy. And obviously he's, he's, he's a good mover, um, but yeah, very excited to have him in the semifinals there. He breaks into the top 400 at the very least uh, with, the sem with the semifinals. Um, and he gave a very emotional interview to somebody who was on the Challenger Tour Twitter where he was talking about how he, he lost a couple, he lost a, a, like, I think five or six first rounds in futures to start the year um, and he dedicated the victory to his uh, late father who, who recently passed away. So I'm I'm pulling for Niklas Mejia to win this tournament. <laughs> I, I can't say I agree, but it's it's a great story, definitely. Uh, he had, he actually had seven losses in a row in the, at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. he, he, he just won a, a single match on the 6th of January and then lost seven in a row until Cleveland's challenger and now when he when he got one and now and now a five at least because we're counting the qualities too. Uh, yeah. I was super impressed with Nicolas Jari again. I mean, we've we've I think we've talked about him last time that he was playing at a great level following the coming back from the suspension. And besides the Tirante match, he pretty much obliterated everyone. Actually, Tirante is also someone to uh, even though he didn't make the semis. Uh, I'm not sure I've seen him on hard before this week. I think it was only clay. Uh, he played some uh, he had some good results in ITFs, but uh, I don't think they were streamed. I think these were one of these Monastir or, or, or something like that. Uh, but he was uh, also really surprisingly good on the surface. He Who did he demolish in, in, in second round? Jesus. I, remember. <laughs> I, I, should, I should remember that. In the second round, he, I think he played Kevin King, maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that sounds about right. Yeah, Kevin he played King. Kevin King, won 6-1, 6-2. It was absolutely great. Jari is serving and hitting the, the first ball after the serve like crazy. I mean, that that these one-two punches against pretty much against everyone besides Tiranta, these were just absolutely deadly. I think he's still my pick for the for the title. Uh, Nicolas Jari, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe not Mejia. I'm, I would also add the uh, big Altuk like in front of him. I think mm -hmm. uh, last time, actually, we can mention the the winners that we picked last time. Uh, we we <laughs> I don't think anyone's <laughs> got a point, but maybe no, I, 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 I got I got pretty close. I got pretty close. But you I got pretty close. I think it's worth like a <laughs> half a point. But here in Salinas, we actually. Uh, Maybe not failed miserably. I mean, Eubanks got to the to round two. Your pick, uh, mine lost in the in the quarters. It was actually also yeah. a, a very good match, uh, Van Rietoven and and Celik Bilek. 
uh, he wasted too much points from six four up in the in the, in the deciding tiebreak. But I think Tarek Bilek has been kind of my pick for everything since the start of the year. I've been mentioning him a lot on the podcast. <laughs> he also made the, uh, the he he's made an. Uh, championship match appearance on the challenger tour at st petersburg and i think he's my second favorite to win salinas at this point uh is there anything else you would like to say about this one this Salinas, short... yeah uh yeah not not really sure uh i think that's pretty much it for me from, from yeah. salinas i didn't manage to watch a lot of this one unfortunately because it, it was pretty much going on at the st Thomas tallahassee, tallahassee i mostly yeah. found the tallahassee matchups more exciting so totally ended up watching more of that <laughs> Uh, we're gonna talk about Salinas a lot next week, I imagine, because there's gonna be two events to yeah, two, to two finals to cover. <laughs> yeah, so so maybe we should just go to Tallahassee then, if you if you say that was more interesting than Salinas, I definitely agree. I think Tallahassee was the event that I watched the most this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only because of my occasion, but the, having the commentary is is a big plus. Really, that's that raises some. Just it, it's just better to watch. I mean, and I think he's really. Man, I think usually people think of tennis commentary as for two people, yeah. but I think he really got the art of doing it by himself. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not. I'm not even sure if I would like another guy. Maybe Noah Rubin, who does the podcast with him, would <laughs> yeah. be great. But then he he probably wouldn't be playing. So anyhow, Tallahassee. Uh, we had a we we talked about Jason Brooksby a lot last time. So what can you uh, know? What, what are we gonna say to, to, to today? I mean, that's different. Jason Brooksby once again was incredible. Uh, I watched his. I mean, obviously, I watched the final, uh, which was an amazing match. Uh, the five breaks to start the second set were quite wild, and then the the two two game in the third set where Jason Brooksby saves six break points. <laughs> on his serve uh it was quite incredible and he i i didn't realize this last week because I, I mean i'm not sure why i didn't realize it but he is such a loud player not 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 only in like uh grunting but also he talks to himself so much <laughs> throughout the match it's like having it's it's like having a second commentator alongside Cation basically uh yeah they had great microphones too uh, right but, uh, they, they, yeah. they picked up everything which brooksby said today and and you're right it was a lot uh you mentioned breakpoints he saved 16 out of 19 today and actually fratangelo saved none he mm. he was down a breakpoint five times and got broken if every single time so i think that was a huge factor especially as you know it was important for brooksby to make the match short which he didn't. He absolutely didn't. Nope. <laughs> but he still got it. I mean, every did he look abs- physically spent every ma- in every match this week? Maybe not against Safefield, but against he, Mock, he, he, he looks very tired against against Mena. Yeah, on, and in, in, in the, the quarters semis. as well. Yeah. And yeah, I I mean after the semifinals, which there was a there was at first it was a lightning delay and then it turned into a rain delay, which lasted like five and a half hours. Um, where basically Fratangelo just won four games and he was done, and Brooksby uh, lost uh, the second set, and he went. And then he went on this. It was it was long rallies as well with with Mena. He was playing very defensively, uh, and and when he this Rulik semifinal, so I actually felt better about Fratangelo than Brooksby coming into the final because of the because of the rest factor. But no, Brooksby just just took it. <laughs> yeah, he, he really is an incredible player. Uh, 
he he won't play for the next five weeks at least. I, I think a bit more because the next challenger in the U.S. isn't until uh, May thirty first. So so basically, uh, for a whole month, uh, he's not playing any tournaments. But it, it's it's still quite possible that he could um, break into the top five hundred still this year. I mean, he's he's getting closer and closer, and <laughs> he's not slowing down at all. Yeah, nineteen two on the Challenger Tour this year, and if you, you know, if you take that one loss at the very beginning away, then it's nineteen out of twenty in his last 20, 20 matches on the Challenger Tour because he also played Miami Qualies uh, in the middle, but he yeah. only lost to Fratangelo uh, in that in that period, and today he's also he also managed to beat him <laughs> despite once again really having to go for shortening the points in the in the decider, like. He he simply knew that he wasn't gonna win this by 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 staying back, and he had to attack despite it not being mm -hmm. in his in his DNA. The quarters were also a, a very it was a very fun match against Moch because the first set was just looking like Brooksby's serve is, was gonna be such a huge liability, such a huge thing, you know just 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 an area that Moch can attack, and he was having all these return plus one uh, short points. And then, for uh, in the at the beginning of the third set, I, I remember uh, once again I will mention the commentary. Uh, I remember Mark Kenshin uh, was thinking if Brooksby wanted uh, would retire or not. Like he was saying that Brooksby is basically spent oh, wow. that that he has to you know that he has to win that game, has to win that game. But then Mock suddenly retired. I mean, I know he had some sort of a shoulder injury, but <laughs> that was still. It came so unexpected because all the time I was looking at whether Brooksby has the energy to finish the match, and then suddenly, just it turns out that winning these games, these were very long deuce games uh, at one one or uh, or at two one. It, it turns out that these were the most important games of the week, maybe because because I don't think he would be, you know, I don't think Mo would be so happy so 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 uh, so happy to retire to if if he was leading for one not not losing for one uh as for our picks from last time you, you picked fratangelo which was very very close uh, i picked dimitri popko and that was a massive flop uh he, he lost to a very talented guy i mean philip christian Gianu is was the number five in juniors i believe uh, and isn't 19 uh, definitely on his way up. He had a great match against Kudla in the in the quarters, which he actually, which he actually lost five seven in the third, but it was very dramatic. And they kind of played similar games. Like their physicality is is, is pretty uh, similar to the the way they hit their backhands. So it was it, it was really enjoyable. Maybe I will mention it later when we when we have that match of the week, but maybe <laughs> not. I'm still unsure. I have a few picks. Anyhow, is there anyone else who you'd like, who we'd like to mention from the Tallahassee draw? I just wanted to quickly mention that uh, Brooksby is going to be the number 166 in the next rankings. And uh, I put together these uh, challenger rankings for this year, and he's number one. Basically, he, he's the player, uh, when, we, when we look at only challengers, that has earned the most points from challengers now, with only uh, four tournaments where he earned points, obviously, at that round one loss. Um, which is very impressive, uh, especially considering that uh, the guy that he overtook, Bonzi, has played eight tournaments, or actually has gotten points from eight tournaments. So he's done it 
twice as fast or, or in twice as <laughs> uh, twice as few uh, tournaments. Something else that I wanted to mention was uh, a bit of the doubles where Donald Young and Seku Bengura reached the final. Uh, I watched their semi-final. I didn't manage to watch the final, unfortunately, but uh, I feel like, and my kitchen actually mentioned this in commentary as well, I feel like Donald Young should play more doubles because I mean, he 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 played very very well. He he has the forehand. He he's pretty good at the net, um, and I feel like with better partners than Seku Bangura, he he could do well consistently on the doubles tour if he wanted to. So I I'd be hoping that we see some more of that. But that, that was a really good match actually against uh, Pasha and Schnorr, fourteen twelve in the super tiebreaker. But yeah, Gianni, you, you mentioned quickly, um, very very impressive. I. I'm excited to see more of him. Quite unfortunate to lose to Kudla, especially since on the match point, Kudla's return was out uh, and it wasn't called. Apparently it was like a solid, like two centimeter out. So quite unlucky for Giannu, but he'll be back. He's he's young, he's talented, and we'll we'll see him uh, again, I'm sure. Donald, Donald Young won't like what I'm saying right now, but you know, he's probably not listening, so I can. Uh, his singles <laughs> career is lost. Like, you know, mm. let's just be honest. I mean, his singles career is gone. He's never going to achieve what he could with that potential that he has. So I would totally, you know, I totally agree that maybe he should try to focus more on doubles, especially as he has great hands, great volleying skills too. Uh, one more maybe person uh, that I will mention is the top seed, Thiago Sape of Wilt, who I thought played a very nice match against Brooksby. Uh, he's obviously been in, in a really bad slump, but I'm I'm quite hopeful after this week. I mean, his, let's say his strategy wasn't the best. He was kind of playing brainlessly, but he's always remembered for you know for that great forehand and i really liked how he was able to to hit for his backhand more uh it gave him a great chance against brooksby and then that match was probably decided by the by the first set tiebreak i believe like winning uh a tiebreaker in such fashion just gives you so much momentum going into the second so maybe it would be uh, uh, it, it would have been a completely different result and then a completely different champion at, at, at Tallahassee. Uh, anyhow, I think we can go to Rome. Mm -hmm. Who did you pick there last time for the winner? I can't remember. Uh, Paolo Lorenzi. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Which, uh, did, did not come off. To be fair, he did reach the, the doubles final, but that's not, the, that's not what we were picking there. So <laughs> Paolo yeah. Lorenzi was not a great pick there. I think every single Challenger Tour fan would absolutely love it if Lorenzi won another event. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. I I can't blame you. I I also picked the second round exit, uh, Tanasi Kokinakis. But we we did mention that Gaston Kokinakis was probably going to be a fantastic match. Was it? Well, it, it didn't. It, it ended up being very very good for Gaston. It didn't end up being that good from Kokinakis. He. He just sort of took him apart. It, it also, like just physically, like Kokinakis didn't seem to really be able to compete with Gaston, just in like rally, like rally length and stuff like that. And also, he didn't manage to convert any of uh, seven break points that he had in the match, which is also doesn't help. But yeah, six two six three, quite casual from Gaston there, who I really, really thought that he was coming for the title. Especially after the semifinals, he was dominant throughout and ended up losing to 
um, with all due respect, a guy I haven't heard of before this week. Uh, in, in Andrea Pellegrino, who was um, a wild card, um, 24. He actually, I think, went a sat down in in five of the matches uh, of the six that he's played. Yeah, four of the five, but yeah. yeah. Oh, four of the five, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, four of the five. Really, really interesting match. Uh, Gaston obviously won the first set. Uh, Pellegrino just takes these off, I guess. He doesn't really care about the first set. He comes back later. Uh, and boy, did he come back later. 6261. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's funny you mentioned physicality when talking about Kokinakis Gaston, that Kokinakis wasn't really able to, to stay in the match uh, in, in, in a physical sense, because that's kind of what happened in the final, I feel. Mm -hmm. uh, Gaston was... To me, he was also not moving well. I don't know if, he, if that's... You know, if that's if that's some sort of a physical problem or an or a, or a slight injury, but I didn't like how he was covering the court in the sets, set, especially the deciding set. But honestly, I also totally felt that no, this final is gonna be super easy, uh, especially after the first set. I mean, Gaston was playing so good all week. And then, then suddenly Andrea Pellegrino, whom I, I actually heard of, I, I watched him a few times, but didn't think of him that much. Uh, I mean, he, he wears sleeveless shirts and looks a bit yeah. like Feliciano <laughs> Lopez. That's what I had in mind. I also have a, a pretty funny, no, I don't know, it's funny. Um, my, my probably biggest memory with, is watching his match live and I was sitting in the, uh, in the stands next to... Uh, Wojtek Fibak, the 1978 Australian Open doubles champion. And mm -hmm. that was a match between Pellegrino and uh, Tristan Lamazin. And I remember Fibak was praising Pellegrino like a lot. Uh, he lost that match to, to Lamazin in three sets. But I remember, if, I even remember Fibak uh, walked over to him, uh, not not on the court, of course, but after, after Pellegrino went off. And I presume he, he told him some. Try to <laughs> try to give him some advice. And maybe it helped. Maybe maybe right now it was it was this week that Andrea Pellegrino finally you know, finally took this uh, took the, took these little points and and made it into uh, incorporated them into into his game. But definitely a, a run out of nowhere. He wasn't doing well at all this week uh, this year. Uh, he's obviously he was he got a wild card to this event too. Uh, I feel like this year we've had a lot of wildcard qualifier winners or going far. Um, yeah, he uh, breaks into the top uh, 250 uh, with this win. He's going to be number 241, first challenger title. Uh, he, he's not really one of these like super young Italian talents like like Musetti or even Caboli, who who he bit in the second round, who's. 18, uh, but this might be sort of, sort, of, sort of like a Berettini arc for him, <laughs> just sort of raising from from the challengers. Um, but yeah, most likely no. Most likely he'll just he'll just stay on this level. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, is there anyone else who who you'd like to mention? Um, what else would I like to mention? Yeah, I mean, uh, for example, uh, Varias made the, made the semis uh, in singles, lost to Gaston, um, and then made the final in, in the doubles as well, which was quite impressive. Uh, they actually lost to Dubia and Rebul, who 
I didn't really know about before this week, but they, they they're one of these uh, one of these rare teams that play regularly together for a couple of years, on, uh, even on the challengers. Uh, yeah, it's their fourth title as a team, so good for them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think it was a much needed run for Farias too. He's been playing quite awful for a while now. So mm -hmm. definitely, the, obviously he's a clay court specialist, but so far hasn't really achieved much outside of South America. He has these these two titles from, from 2019, uh, I don't know if it was Lima and something else, Santo Domingo maybe, I can't remember. Anyhow, you know, the, the clay court season is, is where he should theoretically peak and and hopefully we get to see it uh i i was also uh, last week i wrote an article about uh, the young czechs that are up there uh, you know, yeah. in the rankings and i i had a paragraph about vitko priva there because he's right now i believe the fifth ranked czech in the in the rankings after vaseli mahaj rosol and uh and zdenek kolar and I, you know, I was ex I was following him through the week, and I thought, how great would it be if, you know, just a week after I wrote that article, Copriva got his first challenger title, but it wasn't to be. So I think with that we can leave. Uh, with that we can leave Rome, and I think now is the time we get to pick our upset and match of the week, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you want to start with? Uh, we can start with the upset. Okay. Uh, where I went for a match that I already mentioned uh, today, Nicolas Mejia over Marcelo Tomas Barrios Vera. Uh, that's something that I definitely wasn't expecting. It, it, despite him winning the first two rounds before that, that was the first seed that he beat. Uh, and he looked often down and out <laughs> in that match. But, you know, Barrios Vera's body sort of failed him towards the end. So Mejia got to go through. All right. Uh, I went for a match I specifically didn't mention <laughs> because of that. Uh, and it's Guido Andreozzi over Gregor Barrere, uh, mm -hmm. the top seed losing in Rome uh, first round. I believe I actually mentioned this, this this match last week that Barrere isn't at his best on clay and that Andreozzi, I, I just, I rate his, his pedigree and his... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all his history on this on this surface, but he didn't win us. He hadn't won a match since what was it, October two thousand nineteen. October twenty nineteen, yeah. Yeah, because he didn't play at all in two thousand twenty, and then lost five or six matches before that this year. So mm -hmm. seeing him play at such a high level was definitely a, a big surprise for me. Maybe the uh, the result itself wasn't that big of an upset for me, but the the style the was it was a close match, but I definitely didn't expect Andreotti has that level at the moment. And I'm really hopeful that, that he's still going. I mean, he was the number 70 in the world, I believe, uh, in 2019. So definitely a quality player. And what about match of the week? Match of the week, um, I had to go for Brooksby Fratangelo in the final. It was <laughs> such an amazing battle, uh, almost two and a half hours. Um, Obviously, we, we, we get the story of, you know, young uh, Brooksby against the older, more experienced Fratangelo. Um, so much drama th throughout the match. Uh, as I mentioned, some, some of those games, like the, the, the game at 2-2, absolutely incredible. <laughs> like, Brooksby just at one point screaming, give me some luck or something like that. Uh, and then that's when he finally actually managed to hold 
um, yeah, very, very fun match. Uh, and yeah, give us the, give us the, uh, I think the stat is that Brooksby is the first back-to-back -back champion on different surfaces since, what was it? It was Galovich. Oh, I, like I haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw the stat. I forgot to write it down. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, one in back-to-back -back weeks on different services. Blaske who did it was Golovic. yeah, but that has to be that has to be very rare. Uh, yeah. Golovic, oh, there's no. Hmm. Uh, it's very possible. I I haven't seen the stat, so I'm just looking quickly at Golovic's titles. 2017, he only won one challenger, so it has to be someone else. But ah, unless it was an ITF and then a challenger, or I don't know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyhow, uh, yeah, you probably you're probably gonna see that stat somewhere. It, oh, it was, it was it was actually it was actually um uh to reach the final. Never mind. Oh, to reach yeah, the final. But, okay, yeah, because but, uh, I see yeah, he yeah, has just did one better. Yeah, I, I see he has just one uh, challenger title, uh, Galovic. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyhow, my pick for match of the week is also a Bjorn Angelo match, but not this <laughs> one. Uh, and it's, you know, I, I picked it before this final, so I didn't even consider the final. But it's a weird pick, I know. But Fratangelo Karlovic was <laughs> something that I really enjoy in tennis. I don't know, 36 straight service holds might sound like absolute boredom, but they were played in with such great style i mean i just i just love serve and volleying anything connected to net i also love the uh, fratangelo's technique he simply hits the ball so clean so it was just a feast for my eyes and i'm i was a little bit sad that karlovic didn't win that i like veterans uh but i can't you know i, I i'm not gonna complain fratangelo gave me plenty of entertainment throughout the week uh later on uh he withstood 31 aces from Karlovic and he actually won them a very important point at 4-3 at and uh, in the at 4-3 in the deciding tiebreak he 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 won uh, he, you know he got he got a mini break and I think I think he reeled off like four or three points to end the match so definitely picked in the in the most important moments 36 straight straight service holds and I believe just one game had break points uh, early in the third set uh, Fratangelo had two so no for some that's that's boredom for for me that was fantastic and I, I would love to see more of such matches uh, probably neither are probably playing soon because as you said the next challenger in the states is at the end of may so and and, and i don't think fratangelo or karlovic have have left the states for anything else than karlovic probably in the no he didn't play in australia so i don't think neither uh, I, I either of them left states this year yeah they're, they're, they're not playing for a while i actually caught a couple of games of that of that match i unfortunately couldn't watch all of it um but yeah this is an evo karlovic fan podcast uh, I think we both enjoy Ivo Karlovic. Um, but yeah, has I, I feel like Karlovic has changed his service motion a bit. Mm. It, 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 it looked a bit different than from what I remember last time. He, he sort of simplified it or shortened it almost. Uh, or, or maybe I just misremember what his serve looks like. Because <laughs> it, it's been a while sure, since I watched him. But uh, I will look at that, definitely. Uh, 
you, you mentioned you need saw a couple of games, but what did you think of his baseline game? Because I actually thought that was he was playing pretty well. I mean, he won some really extended rallies. The forehand was, I think, the green clay really suits him in terms of movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so too. The the green clay. I wasn't sure about him playing on clay in general. I was a bit surprised to see that. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely suits him in in terms of movement. As everybody famously knows, uh, the clay is easier on the knees. So maybe yeah. it has something to do with it. Um, and yeah, it, it was just it was just nice to see a couple of games to see of, of Ivo Karlovic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, when it comes to him playing on clay, we're go- uh, I promised the listeners we're going to leave Ivo Karlovic after this. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in 2007, uh, he was actually the only player in, I don't know how many years it was, but he w- he won titles on, no, not in not in uh, how many years. I mean, definitely that year. And it's, it's really rare. He won titles on clay, grass, and hard. And it, these were all tour level. So I think that mm. that's pretty impressive, given his that, that, that play really game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't remember what, what title it was. I remember he also reached a final in Dieseldorf in 2014. But I, I, I think these American clay events like Houston or any green clay events, which which play quite differently to you know to to European red clay, uh, I think they really suit him. Anyway, enough enough of Ivo Karlovic. Uh, I actually just noticed that I I wanted to start this with a great qu- quote from Aslan Karatsev today, because at a press conference, uh, he said that, um, I'm not sure what the context of that is, it was, it was you know, just put on social media by someone without context, but he told one reporter to, uh, well, to, he's, I'm just going to make a direct quote i recommend you also cover some challengers so that's exactly what we're what we're doing here uh i see i believe aslan is probably just tired of people asking where did he come from and uh, who is he and and why what's what's even going on is there is there uh you know is there any any tennis else than the main tour uh, because that that question definitely has to has to pop up at his pressers still still people people just think he came out of nowhere anyhow uh i think we should go to the to next week right what yeah, where do you sure. want to go first then let's uh i think let's get selena's out of the way okay and and then um yeah we can go ostrava and, and rome but yeah selena's uh it's the second one back to back events uh this one is a 50 though instead of an 80. uh so it is a bit, bit of a weaker field at least in the in the terms of top seed, it's not Uchiyama. It's barely it's right. Gomez. Yeah. Like besides yeah, it, Uchiyama, it, it is very similar. Yeah. Besides Uchiyama, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah, quite similar. Um, I was trying to look at potential interesting qualifiers. Uh, there's Takun Wang, mm-hmm. um, who's playing with a protected ranking, who managed to qualify and win a round last week. So I thought, why not? Why not mention him here? Uh, Mejia is in here as a special exempt. Um, Facundo Diaz Acosta, also in the qualifiers, uh, is a former junior number six. So that might be something. Fun little doubles team here is Orlando Luz and João Minetich, who are the top seeds. And actually, they played each other last week in Tallahassee and Luz um, beat uh Menezes in the doubles. So, so, so Luz was playing with, with Matos and Menezes was playing with Mena. And was actually went on to win the title there. 
I guess Matos just didn't go to Salinas, right? Because I think Lucy yeah, is playing didn't, with didn't Matos. feel like it. Yeah, I guess Lucy's playing with Matos almost every week. Yeah, I I don't know if there's anything to look at in the qualies. Like we mentioned last <laughs> week, this is probably gonna be the event we're gonna watch the least. Yeah, and sorry, not sorry. Yeah. There's just no time for, for everything. You gotta you gotta make some choices. I will again mention Tim Van Rietoven, who I think is playing great at the moment, but if he runs in the second round into Nicolas Jarry, then I'm not sure I give him much of a chance. Yeah, it, uh, it's a tough draw. Yeah, yeah but it's going to be really tricky because there, all the four semi semifinalists are here, right? Telek Bilek, uh, Jarry, Mejia, uh, Int, uh, Ugo Karabelli. Yes, yeah. So all, all of them are here. Yeah, with how tricky the schedule is going to be, I... I don't even know. I mean, is it only about this weekend that they couldn't play? Like, I, I'm, I, I'm assuming. I think so. I'm assuming uh, next weekend they will be able to because if not, then it's actually five days to finish both events, and that's gonna be really not enough, especially yeah, for I, these players like Tariq Bilek and and all. Yeah, I, I assume that it was only a one weekend thing and has something to do with COVID. Um, yeah. So they just instituted like a, a curfew over the weekend. So hopefully it doesn't happen again. I'm not sure if it's a regular thing in Ecuador or not. Uh, it is going to be very tough for those players because they have to play um, both the semis and the final um, in, uh, in one day on the Monday. And then I guess mm -hmm. I assume they start on the Tuesday again, <laughs> the new tournament. Despite that, um, I did go for three of those four semifinals as my semifinals in this one when I did my <laughs> predictions. Yeah, I was just gonna say that it's also going to make predicting the winner a lot harder. Yeah. But who did you go for then? I have gone for uh, Nicolas Hari over uh, Alduk Telibilic in the final. Okay, so this is gonna be the first time where our, our winner speaks much. I also went for him. I, I'm as I as I mentioned earlier. I'm I'm feeling like he can win the first event, and then if he wins the first one, I'm not sure I'm gonna. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure if the motivation will be there for, yeah. especially since this is lower lower points. To go back to back, first it's one. probably gonna be really hard. It's going but, to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's my pick too. I thought of a couple of different players, definitely considered Tariq Bilek or Tirante. As I, as I mentioned, Tirante was mm -hmm. really impressive this week. But because they're playing first round and it's, uh, I don't know, Tariq Bilek is going to be the favorite, but just a slight one. So I didn't want to go for someone whom I thought had a great chance to lose in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> then, as I mentioned, Van Rietoven has a very tough draw. The, maybe Quiros or Gomez do something. I mean, they, you know, a challenger in Ecuador doesn't happen every day, and, yeah. and they definitely should make more of an impact than last week, especially Gomez, whose father is the tournament director. Maybe he gets some sort of <laughs> some boost. sort of help that he can do. I don't know. Yeah, a boost to his to his skills. Uh, okay, so maybe we can go to Ostrava then. Uh, tomorrow, today was actually a terrible day for the Czechs, I believe. In, in the qualies, Adam Pavlasek yeah, saved they... the day. That was last. That was the last one. But I, other than that, Rubensky and uh, Andrew Paulson and Dalibor Stina uh, lost. Uh, I'm. I was. They, they, they had a bit of a struggle there. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, tough draws too. Like the, the, these qualities mm -hmm. are so much better than 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 at Salinas. But, Absolutely. But I was definitely expecting a little a little bit more from them. It's actually a bit of a weird thing that Frbenski is in the qualities, and in the main draw there are a couple of checks that I'm way less familiar with. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's... and Martin Krumich. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Rzyko was somebody who I was very surprised by, especially because he, he, he did okay on the juniors. I think he was around like in the 30s. Who again? Uh, Patrick, uh, Patrick Rzyko. Oh, um, okay. I uh, Sorry, the pronunciation lost me there. But okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but he's he's been sort of playing almost sporadically <laughs> these past couple of seasons. I, I assume he was just sort of fizzling out, fizzling out but... Here he's with the wildcard. Uh, Krumich, I actually haven't heard of before. So I was very surprised when I saw, you know, guys like Pavlasek, Svarčina, Verbensky in the in the qualies. Yeah, kind of odd with the with the wildcards there. Yeah, Krumich, I only I think I only knew the name because of the article that I that I mentioned. I, I yeah. was just <laughs> looking at every single check in the top one thousand or, or something like that and i saw the name but uh i i don't think I've, i definitely have never seen him i'm surprised for atec isn't here for example yeah i don't know maybe he's just injured or whatever uh but there is one wild card that could do well Ishila Hechka, he's been playing extremely well this year uh has a great uh, win-loss record on the itf tour i think he's gonna be better indoors for now but he also reached the mm -hmm. semis at uh, prostayov yeah, Prost yeah, that was Prost yeah. last last year. Uh, as I, as I said, when there are multiple challengers in 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 the country, then I'm always <laughs> mixing them up. But I remember that one because it was uh, the one that Kamil Mikeshak won. Uh, anyhow, Gregor Barrera again, but I don't think you were gonna be picking him, right? No. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean the the one nice thing for the qualifiers uh, because they have to go through mm -hmm. such hard qualifying is that they get pretty nice draws in the. In the actual main draw, they they have they have Peter Polanski, who yeah, I mean on clay, I don't really see it for him, unfortunately. Uh, they have Sebastian who is struggling a bit, but I mean you, you said that he was quite good against Brooks, but I didn't watch him, unfortunately. Barrer, who is the top seed, but um, hasn't won in a month now, basically. So yeah, the, those qualifiers that we have there, Klein Molchan, um, potentially uh, Adam Pavlasek, who you mentioned, who actually was the finalist here in 2015. Um, I, I, I would love to actually do like a deeper dive on Adam Pavlas, like, like an interview with him or something, because I'm not really sure what, what's going on with his career, because he was projected very, very highly. It was supposed to be him and Vesely taking over the mantle from <laughs> Petdik and Stepanik and uh, sort of guys like that at all. Um, but yeah, Pavlas, I think he reached like 72 as his highest ranking, but never really, never really gone higher than that. Um, some of the interesting doubles teams that stood out to me was some of the wildcards, uh, Lehechka Barbenski or uh, Kopshiva Svrčina. Um, somebody else that's very interesting in this draw is Mark Polmans, who's here as the third seed, but hasn't won in this year, and he's lost nine matches already. <laughs> yeah, Clay also uh, isn't ideal for him, so... No, yeah. Against Kavcic, so. that's gonna be... <laughs> Tough to see. Yeah. There are some matches like, for example, Polanski against the qualifier or Polmans against Kavcic, where the result seems kind of fixed. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't see how it's going to be any different. Maybe we should, maybe I should bet on these matches. But I guess the, the, yeah, I I mean, guess the, the bookies it... know it too, right? 
Yeah, I mean, especially matches like uh, Istomin Latsko to me is quite one-sided. Uh, Istomin mm-hmm. actually leads him. I mean, he, he leads him eight to two in the head-to-head. They played <laughs> Just, that much, really. Wow. Yeah, it, the first match was in two thousand eight. Uh, <laughs> they have an eight to head-to-head. Istomin isn't the best on clay, but Latsko. I mean, uh, he he cannot play on clay. He he's done stuff in the past, like skipping the French Open to play Asian challengers on hard. Like he he just hates clay so so yeah. much. Uh, Doesn't really have a choice here, though. I think Ilya Marchenko had a video uh, when he just explained for ten minutes why he hates clay. Uh, or, <laughs> or Daniel Medvedev even recently right, said that, uh, yeah. that, that that he doesn't like playing on clay at all. That you get dirty and all. But we like clay court tennis. We like watching it, yeah. and we're. I guess uh, I can also mention Arthur Rinderknecht is playing here, and I'm really surprised by how well he's doing on on clay. Uh, last week he played in Belgrade, lost to Ketsmanovic in the second round, but because he played from the qualities, he had three match wins. That was Sugita, Joao Souza, and uh, Juan Ignacio Rondero. So a very good clay court specialist. And I am I have no idea how Riederknecht does it with his game, but it, it looks like maybe, maybe he just played a lot on the, on the... He probably played a lot on that surface before going to the States to, to play college. So maybe he's just a natural... Uh, anyhow, maybe we should pick the winner then. Yeah, sure. I mean, I went uh, <laughs> kind of interesting here with my winner. I sort of went picking blind because I actually haven't seen him play <laughs> before. Because uh, I mean, to be completely honest, before I started doing this podcast, I wasn't watching that much challengers. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm learning more and more every week, so, <laughs> so that's good. I've actually gone for Artur Rinderknecht over Blaskapcic in the final. Okay. Uh, I also had Stenik Kolarz in the semifinals, since I feel like he's his section. Once he beats Echeverri, he is quite quite nice. I think that little quarter there. But yeah, uh, I have gone for in the connect mostly based on his Belgrade results. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, that's what I've gone for here. Uh, he he doesn't really play a clay court game. I mean, he's great at the net. has a has a great forehand. He just. Oh, he's always looking for to go forward. He's always looking to be aggressive. So I didn't expect him to play play this well on clay. Uh, I watched him a few times. I think he was in Ron Garros main draw last year. So I watched him on play before uh, on clay before, but just never noticed he he could be this good. Uh, Collard is definitely a good pick to go far. I actually have Artur Zinderkne as my pick. I didn't think that was something you were gonna go for. I didn't uh, think so either. Until I, yeah, until I'm kind of thinking of changing it to something. We actually didn't mention one player that can do it. Definitely can do it. Sebastian Baez, mm. the two-time challenger to champion this this year. I I also didn't really find him in the in the draw at first. Like I was I was looking at the draw, and I usually look at the at the seeds and then some names that just pop up. And I think because his name is so short. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see it until the until the very like until the very end. But he's obviously has he obviously hasn't lost a match on on, on the Chancho Tour this year. Uh, everything yeah. everything he's done so far in terms of professional tennis was in South America. Is that going to be a factor? Probably not, given he was the a runner up at uh, Toronto Garros in juniors. So maybe, maybe I would actually go be tempted to go for Baez. I mean, he has a 
very fairly easy easy first round against Martin Krumig and then Sabo Field, whom I mentioned he was playing quite well, but he's gonna have to go from the states to here, so maybe that's yeah. a factor too. Mm-hmm. So okay, I'm gonna change to bias just for the sake of you know <laughs> that, that we don't have the same. We're actually probably gonna be both wrong, so. It yeah, I mean, the, the, this, this bottom half here is, is very, very stacked. But Baez ahead reaching the semifinals losing to Kovcic. But yeah, I mean, the, this bottom half, when you look at it, um, there's really a, a lot of names here. There, there's also Elias Emer, who we, who we haven't mentioned yet, who mm-hmm. could win this theoretically. Um, there's also, I mean, uh, Lehechka is in this bottom half as well, who I have losing to Bonzi in the second round. Uh, so yeah, say Bush, well, j- just a lot of guys here in the bottom half. So I sort of ended up going for a top half person since I feel like their road would be a bit easier. But to be okay. fair, Rinder Knight has, has to play Borg in the first round, <laughs> which it, it, it's not that easy of a, of a, of a first round. Definitely not. Borg made the finals at Split recently, lost to lost mm-hmm. to Zhuk. Uh, yeah, uh, as as last time, I mean, the, the picking the winners is really hard. Uh, yeah. I, I think, I think our our best listener, uh, Jan, also gave me last week. I think he also gave me his picks for the winners, and I can't remember who they were right now. But I think he he would also be zero for free. I think it was Uchiyama, Save of Wild, and and then in Rome someone else. Definitely wasn't Pellegrino, obviously. So yeah, it, it's really hard. Even if you watch a lot of these matches it's but it, we're gonna keep doing it and hopefully one you know there's gonna be yeah, that time when one, one of us one of us ends a point <laughs> I, i'm really hoping it's gonna happen soon but <laughs> okay yes, then, so and for yeah. rome then um for rome again i i, I looked at the qualifiers there, there's izu berg so actually won his first round this mm-hmm. time so i can talk so i can talk about him um obviously more of a hardcore guy but I, i'm really hoping that he makes it in here so I can, so we can see what he can do. Beat Edukovic, 6-4 in the third. Um, there's somebody who's not like the best clay court player, Igor Seisling, who to me is more of an, more of an indoor hard kind of guy, but he, he's also in, in the final qualifying round. He's playing Berks, actually. Oh, he's like, they're actually playing yeah. each other. Yes, yeah. That, that should be a fun match. I might actually watch that tomorrow morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, if I have the time. And then looking at doubles, uh, there's uh, Artem Sitak with Jan Zielinski, which is a, a new team. Um, it was kind of interesting with, with Sitak being this veteran who's been in the top 40 before quite consistently, and Zielinski, this, this sort of up-and-coming double specialist, which doesn't really happen that often. But yeah, there's also Galloway and Lawson, who in those rankings that, that I put together from points of this year, uh, I also put together the doubles ones, and they're the number one team. Mostly because they, they, they've just been playing a lot of tournaments together. So mm-hmm. that's has been their their um, main strength, consistency. Yeah, but they, they want something. Cleveland? Yeah, they, 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 they've, they've won a title here, uh, for sure. They've made a final as well in their second tournament, which I haven't marked here, but just looking at the spreadsheet, which I, I think I'll just put it out on Twitter so people can have a look if they want. Um, but yeah, Galloway Lawson, number one challenger doubles team <laughs> in 2021 so far. Um, yeah, I think a very interesting part of the of the singles draw, coming back to that, 
is that Gaston and Pellegrino can play again in round two. Yes. And looking at <laughs> their opponents, one. that's it's actually likely. very likely to happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe Pellegrino just goes out you know, to to drink after after two, today and. And he's not <laughs> able to make it to his match against Napolitano. I don't know. That's gonna be great winning, winning the the biggest title of your career with, out of nowhere, just 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 showing up. Uh, I also, you know, I am going to be looking at Koginakis again. But like you said, that that performance mm-hmm. against Gaston was kind of worrying. Uh, the the lack of patience and also, as you said, the the lack of physicality to stay in these longer rallies even against such a small guy like Gaston that was mm-hmm. not too encouraging definitely and a very interesting part of the draw is also Juan Manuel Cerdolo who's coming back from from the states he's actually played in Europe this year that was an, uh, two ITF events in Antalya at the beginning of the season Mm-hmm. Uh, one he lost in the first round and then he made the finals but decided not to play the finals that was a weird rain situation where they would have to play on tuesday or monday and he just didn't want to he just didn't want to stay for that so i guess he just wanted to go home uh but i'm really excited to see how he does on the on the european quay i mean could, could play paulo lorenzi potentially in the second round <laughs> yeah that would be, be a huge hit 19 yeah that, against, that'll be <laughs> What what what? Lorenz is thirty nine or thirty nine? I think. Is he thirty nine? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, thirty nine. Born like in 36. December. No, maybe that's why you picked him last week. Oh God, he is thirty nine. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bold pick. I. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I love not, the guy. I'm not picking I mean, Lorenzi this week. I love the guy. But... His passion for tennis is amazing. The fact that he's still competing, not on the biggest stages, he's still competing mm-hmm. on, the, on the Challenger Tour, just speaks to his love for the game. But he also broke out quite late, right? He was he was an extreme yeah. late bloomer. So uh, I think he reached his first two level final at 32. So <laughs> uh, it, it feels like he's been there my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 yeah, he was he was an extreme late bloomer, sort of like Victor Estrella Burgos or, or someone like that. Mm. Obviously, Estrella Burgos is not is not playing anymore. But May Lorenzi play forever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so what do we go for the winner now? Um, I have gone for Damir Jumhur over Alessandro Genesi. Okay. Top seed. Um, yeah, t- top seed. I I went for the top seed. Uh, <laughs> to to be fair, it's not the easiest of roads. He he could play Gaston in the semifinals. He could play uh, just uh, I've been playing Justino in the quarters. Vukic in the second round. I, I I thought like every single one of those matches, he should be the favorite. Obviously, he retired from from his match against Carabaez by not the second one in Belgrade in qualifying. So. Um, I hope whatever that was is resolved. I'm I'm not really sure what the issue was there, um, which is quite odd because didn't he retire after winning a set or yeah. something like that? Six two, very very weird. He won a set six two and then retired. Yes, that was quite quite rare, definitely. I have no idea who I who I'm going for yet. Sorry, I'm cheating. <laughs> I want to see what uh, what Hugo Delian has been doing recently. I think he lost in the, in the first. I don't think he's week. been doing much. Yeah. yeah, he's lost. He lost to Copriva. Yeah, I remember watching that. Yeah, he's been he's been terrible. Shoot, 
I mean, I don't want to go for Jumhur. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I just never go with the top seed. It's gonna hurt me at some point. Uh, but I always like you know, finding that 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 someone in the draw. Mm. I don't want to go for Kokinakis again because, as I mentioned, he really disappointed me. Maybe you know, Gaio has a tough draw. Cherundolo, I, I don't know. Okay, let's go for a crazy pick. Why not? I'm gonna maybe I'm gonna do, make it a sort of a tradition of mine that with <laughs> each week I'm gonna have one crazy winner pick. I think Bias and Jari aren't crazy so far. Uh, yep. Last week definitely Popko was. So I'm gonna yes. go for Guido Andreozzi. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, to be fair, if, if he beats if he beats Genesi, he has a very very nice second round against Bolt or Clark. Those are indeed. Two, that's two that's what I'm who, looking at. That's exactly what I'm looking at. Yes. Yeah. Two two guys who, who would not be on clay if they had any other choice. I don't think. Yeah, but, but that's a, no. Actually, Clark. I think he he won a, a challenger title on clay uh, in China. Oh, okay. Manning, uh, I think like three years ago. Uh, I think Clark is actually pretty decent on clay, but he's he's just in dreadful form. Uh, mm. I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking the same. Andrazzi has a has a good chance if he beats Genesi tomorrow. I'm looking at the odds right now. Genesi is a favorite, obviously, but not not by, not by that much. And they also have a, a pretty big head to head, three two, where Genesi Genesi is three two. But all mm. these matches have been no 2014, 16, 17, 19. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's crazy. Maybe it's not. We shall see. Uh, so I guess that's that's it, right? Is there anything you should uh, that you want to tell our listeners before before we finish? Not really. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm glad that I get to be here regularly from now on. Uh, quite excited. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Hopefully, one of us picks the correct winner at some point. <laughs> it's gonna happen this week, definitely. Yeah, I can feel it. I feel like Andreotti is the one. Yeah, Andreotti. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we both get a, a, a you know get a tick with with Jari, mm, but I'm possibly. really afraid he's gonna win that first one and then you know just not gonna be able to win back to back. It's super hard. Not for Chance and Brooksby, of course, and that's probably what we what we can end this one on. Just keep praising Chance and Brooksby and keep keep watching the Chanji tour and see you guys next week. Yeah, bye. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We hope all of you listeners enjoyed today's ATP Challenger-themed edition of the Great Shot Podcast. A huge thank you to both Damian and Jakob for steering the ship today. Again, 
This is going to be a podcast you can find every Monday here on the Great Shot Podcast feed. So to learn more about the Challenger Tour, be sure to tune in next week. Be sure to tune in midweek as well. Crack Rackets contributor David Gertler going to join me for a little midweek review, talk about where things stand on the Challenger Tour. Of course, to read more of Damien's work, his thoughts on all things happening at the Challenger level, his thoughts on some of the young rising stars in both the men's and women's game, be sure to go check out all of his content on our website, CrackedRackets.com. While you're there, you're going to find all of the work that we're doing to cover things happening across the various levels of the tennis world, whether it's the college action that's heating up as we enter the final month postseason playtime in this 2021 college tennis season. Of course, clay court swing in full effect now on both the ATP and WTA tours. If you missed any of that action, you can catch up on it all on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Of course, like, rate, subscribe, review to this podcast the Mini Break Podcast, uh, Cracked Interviews Podcast, and all of the shows we're doing here at CR. If you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at Great Shot Pod. Shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, for the of an any job they do day in, day out. Shout out as well to our friends at Turna Tennis. Remember, if you would like to join the Turna team, you can contact them at sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707. With that in mind, for our wonderful super producers, Fligner and Westoff, our co-hosts of today's podcast, Damian Kust and Yaka Babaro, our friends at Turna Tennis, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. Hey, great shot. We'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.